0: The Distraction, hosted by former Deadspin writers Drew McGarry and David Roth, is a new sports podcast coming from Defector and Stitcher. Join the guys and their guests as they break down the week in sports while addressing their fair share of off-the-field issues. Whether it's discussing NBA players getting testy in the bubble, Bill Belichick cutting 80% of his roster just to keep himself interested, or horrifying takes from sports talk radio that need to be broken down, Drew and Roth are ready to serve you some hot sports action but do stick around for a few extra distractions. You deserve them. Listen and subscribe to The Distraction, a Defector podcast right now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
1: Maybe I'm crazy, but I really need to quit The New York Knicks. Ooh, maybe I'm case, maybe I'm case, maybe I'm mad. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Really appreciate you checking us out. We have LeVar Arrington on the podcast this week. Gonna talk to him about Dak and Lamar Jackson, Baker, the NFL restart, how's everything gonna work. It'll be good to catch up with him, FS1 family. Of course, we got the whole crazy gang, Heller, Donnie, and T with the culture report this week. But let's get started with LaVar Arrington. All right. Very excited to have my friend back on the podcast, LaVar Arrington. Uh, We're from the same place in the world, although I went to the better school. Sure. Woodland Hills. Went to North Hills. Oh, you're just submitting now? You usually fight me on that.
0: Well, you guys weren't better than us when I was there, but you guys do have more talent coming out of there than we do. So (laughs) it's kind of like a compromise, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, the last time you were on the podcast, I think I was... I was dressed as Jake Shuttlesworth, right, for Halloween? Yes, that's yeah. correct. So you're getting a, a, a somewhat more normal version uh, it's, this time.
0: Well, you're pretty awesome. So your norm is awesome. So <laughs> I guess the normal version, is, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Cool. Shuttlesworth, regular joy, it's, it, it all works out.
1: It, it all, it all works- You know, I encompass all those characters. Um, right. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Thanks again for, for jumping on with us. Uh, it's that's been... Good. It's been pretty interesting times with sports. Obviously, there's no games right now. Yeah. Did you watch the race yesterday? Are you a NASCAR fan?
0: I did see the highlights. I did not watch the entire race. I do watch NASCAR, but I did not. Watch, I am guilty of not watching the entire race.
1: What did you think of what happened before the race with with all the drivers yeah. walking Bubba out?
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on and, and Bubba like kind of standing up and taking a lead role. Um, that selfie he took was pretty, pretty dope. Um, you know, it's just everybody's got to accept that these conversations are going to happen and everybody isn't going to be comfortable or excited about it. Obviously, what took place is under investigation. But I mean, to see guys kind of band together was kind of cool, in my opinion.
1: Now, like I said earlier, we're from the same, same place in the world, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the community, we always have these conversations, right? So this is really only new to otherwise uh, other communities, a white community or other people of color who don't have these conversations about, you know, police brutality in the black community and social injustices. But did you have these conversations with? with teammates either in high school or college in the pro level at all or is this something that was just completely out of the locker room
0: race has always been a topic and safety within race as as a black man and then as a big strong black man uh, you could easily find yourself in the most insanely uh crazy situations joy like I think about when we were in college, there were, there were always the guys who were three or four beer strong guys, you know, and it was, it was driven by whatever it was driven by, but they always wanted to fight after three or four beers it, it without fail. And you start to think about all of the moments where if You don't allow your self-control to dictate what your actions and your movements are. You could have easily ended up being in a situation um, like some of the ones we're seeing play out in the news. So those conversations have certainly always taken place. And, you know, the the luxuries that some may be able to enjoy, like trying to start fights after two or three beers. uh, I would not have nor would I want to have that luxury, but I would not have that leeway or that luxury to have two or three bears that start calling out dudes and telling them I'm going to knock them out, stuff like that. So just the littlest things could turn into the biggest tragedies. And you just got to understand that the identity that you carry and you walk with every day has to be your guiding light because you can't really, you can't really kind of, Predict what people are going to bring your way and you can't predict how people are going to react to you And so those conversations definitely take place as to how do you navigate, you know in a way where? You're not putting yourself in harm's way. I mean because it's very real
1: so a lot of players have said that they're going to take a knee when the NFL season starts again uh, obviously bringing up the Kaepernick conversation. Goodell came out and said he'd like, you know, he's open to Kaepernick signing with the team. Do you think he will end up on a team this year?
0: I don't, I've continued to say, I don't believe he'll be on a team. Um, I think that ship has sailed. I know a lot of people hold out hope and for different reasons, they hold out hope that he'll end up on a roster. Uh, I think it would be a feel good story because it's a story of redemption uh, but when I look at what, what the, the given circumstances are, he's way too high profile to be just a backup quarterback. I, I think the amount of attention, um, the media circus that would surround him for any team that he would go to and not even being a starter, the amount of questioning and prodding and poking the other players just you know I'm a high school coach joy so as a high school coach if I'm thinking of a a person that's going to be in my locker room that would be a disruptive force and that's high school let alone pro I just think that it would it would be tough to see an organization pulling the trigger on that and honestly I would want to see how much he has left like can he even win a job on a roster and i think we continue to kind of blow over that fact and that point that you know kaepernick had two really good seasons and those seasons were exceptional but in my opinion i don't think he was ever an elite nfl football player and so for him to be in a scenario where he's out of the game for as long as he's been, you got to question, like your brother played in the National Football League, a Hall of Famer, you got to question what what is the level of competition, right? And as it's constantly evolving, what is the level of competition if a guy that was never really considered to be an elite, well, for me, I never considered him to be an elite guy can just come back and – get to the league after being out for three, close to four years. Just to me, I don't see it, it doesn't add up to me, but that doesn't mean it can't
1: happen. So what kind of conversations are you having with the kids that you're coaching as far as, you know, everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter and what we're seeing police brutality and the protests and just with, you know, Corona and the, the pandemic and the shutdown?
0: Yeah, my conversations have generally been pretty consistent. Just maintain the maintenance of improving who you are. Take so much time on figuring out who you are and what makes you work. How do you find wins? What's that process? Like really spend time getting to know yourself and understanding that the more you understand about you, the better person you can be to the world that you're walking in. And so that's always a consistent message for my guys. I always say if you're an awesome person, it always leads to you being an awesome athlete. And and so as far as everything that's going on with the coronavirus, obviously you got to be safe. Uh, you got to pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't take for granted that because you're young that you can not have an impact with what this pandemic has meant and that illness and what it has meant so be aware be be of service you know make sure that you're you're helping within your home making sure if you can help within your community help within your community and and service that way and that goes for black lives matter as well because to me it's it's all about people coming together and really finding a common ground that maybe wasn't as accessible at some point, you know, maybe people didn't feel comfortable enough to say what they were feeling. Um, I saw one of my players post on social media the other day. I had to wait till I graduated to kind of say what I felt. And I was like, Whoa, like that's pretty deep, you know, and posted what he felt. And, and so I think that a lot of people have been afraid to have real conversations about, what racial relations really look like, the tension of it. And what's interesting is I'm at a predominantly Asian school. So it's a lot of Asian kids. And, And so when you think about some of the things that they're going to, I'm exposed to some of the prejudice and some of the things that they endure and what exists with them. And it was actually an Asian kid that wrote that. And a lot of comparisons as to how he feels about certain things in his life and how it applies to um, what the conversations have been about black lives. So it's a large conversation about a specific happening, taking place with a certain group of people in terms of brutality, whether police, whether whether civilians doing it. But it also opens up a larger conversation for for minority groups to have a voice and a platform. Uh, to be able to voice, you know, what their concerns are and and what their thoughts and their feelings are. And people are actually not condemning them. They're open to having the conversations.
1: So being that you are a coach and you used to be a player, we are going to get sports back or assuming sports are coming back, particularly football in the fall. Mm -hmm. If you were a player, and I guess you can speak to being a coach as well, like your concerns as being a coach, how concerned would you be about... Coming back while the pandemic is still going on? Because obviously they're going to take provisions to try and keep everybody safe, but you can't play the NFL in a bubble the way that the NBA is doing. And, you know, baseball is kind of trying to get it, their season in, however they're going to do it, but it can't be in a bubble. So would you feel comfortable coming back to play?
0: I just think the given circumstances of, of what that return will look like, because as a coach, I'm looking at it for them as players. So if I were a player, I would trust that my coaches are going to make the proper decisions um, for for our well-being as it applies to the sports um, that we're playing. So for me, I'm just gathering all the information that I can possibly gather, a whole bunch of conversations, a ton of Zoom calls with the AD and administrators at the school. Um, It's a lot, Joy. It's a lot. It almost makes you like like man, like. I want to coach I don't want to have to do all of this Um, the protocols are crazy phase one protocol is ridiculous Uh, phase two is a tad bit more relaxed Um, phase three gets a little bit more but it's it's going to be a grind and I would say you have to be motivated to want to compete and 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 really take this time to continue to grow yourself physically and mentally and even emotionally because things are different. But there are a lot of there's a lot riding on playing like you got to think scholarships are on the line. If you're a senior and you needed this senior year uh, to get some good film to, to maybe sway a recruiter to go this way. It could be the difference. in you going to a power five school or to, you know, a smaller school. Um, It's just high stakes. So if I were a player, I would hope that the protocol and and everything in terms of safety were in play for us to try to come back and compete. And I would be more I would be willing to try to figure out how to get out there and compete. But if it wasn't safe, you know, you got to make a you know, as adults for the players even if they want to still play you got to make responsible decisions for them
1: yeah i think um i try to look at everything from a player's perspective and it's i mean thats probably because of my brother but you know i i think there's so much more that goes into starting sports again that's not just you know oh we want to watch sports on tv or oh we want you know to make sure that the leagues save some money so they can continue to keep playing like The people have to consider how much rides on these leagues and even on the high school level, like the implications of not having a high school season this year for seniors is massive. Like everything you just said. So you need more tape because you're right there. Like that determination could fix, send the next three years of their life in a completely different direction because they weren't able to get the film. And when, you know, three years from now, the pandemic will be gone and there'll be a vaccine and we'll all have moved on with our lives. But that these, like there's a big ripple effect to these decisions.
0: It's two classes too. It's the senior class and it's the incoming junior class that are most impacted by this. And so more often than not schools and, and for what it's worth, for college guys yeah. as well, you know, because it's it's all about trying to get the film and get the, you know, the proper, adequate, enough, you know, accomplishments to be able to have a chance at the league. So and
1: there's the staff. I mean, you're a coach. There's equipment managers. There's people that work in the building. There's, you know, administrative staff. Like there's a there's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot. it's, it's a, overwhelming when you start thinking about it.
0: Like I said. It is quite a bit. And, and so you're right when you're thinking about what that looks like. Like if you have to, if you have no season, like you have to make layoffs, if, if that need be, that, do I get laid off if need be, which is, I mean, you know, I'd be okay, but man, like under those circumstances, it kind of, you know, nobody likes that. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's, a, it's something that we all have to adjust to. But the same things that I, I preach to those, uh, you know, the young men that play for me is the same thing that we have to live by. The same rules and principles we have to live by, you know, in times of uncertainty. It's going to be your identity that carries you um, and and defines what the moments are in these types types of times. So, you know, nothing to be afraid of, just just hard work and and education um, as to what's the best path moving forward. And, and trust that and trust and believe that. Uh, we'll get through it. You know, in the end, uh, you're, we're going to get through it. So whatever those, you know, the plans are for those seniors or for those juniors or even the sophomores that are involved, and in, in sh- I'm sure for college and pro, however it applies for them, everybody's coming up with their best ways to have conversations to best um, get through this and prepare for the future.
1: Well, assuming that we do have an NFL season, which I think that we will, Uh, The AFC North is very interesting. Now, I grew up obviously liking the Steelers, but the Dolphins are my, you know, my heart's team. Mm -hmm. I am not buying into the Steelers this year. I don't know what to expect from Big Ben. I didn't like the whole uh, mountain man uh, recovery look. I know we're, we're always picking apart what guys, what guys are wearing. You know, Cam Newton's whole reputation is based off the fact that he wears big hats and you've got Ben out here looking like he's been uh, in quarantine two months before quarantine started. I just mm-hmm. am not buying into the Steelers this year. I, I, I can't. I don't know what it is. And I, Maybe it's because I don't like what they've done with their backup quarterback situation. We saw what Mason Rudolph and Doug Hodges were last year. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. And they've made no effort to improve on that if anything happens to Ben. And in this particular situation where you also have to consider a pandemic and a shortened off season program, so we're going to have to expect some injuries. I just don't I'm not buying into them this year.
0: Only thing I'll say to that is I buy into Mike Tomlin. Sure. A lot of people aren't big Tomlin fans, but
1: I like Mike Tomlin.
0: I'm a big, big proponent of of Coach Tomlin, and I think he's one of the sharpest um, coaches that and people that I've been around and had the the opportunity and pleasure to meet. Uh, they have a pretty, pretty strong defense, and and they have some some ballers, some young boys on there that that can get after it. Uh, offensively, yeah, you know they dealt with some injuries. Receivers dealt with some key injuries obviously dealing with Ben not being in, but if you look at the division itself, even I think that's one of the toughest, if not the toughest division in, in the NFL, uh, Baltimore, you got to really focus in on obviously, which they do that anyway, because that's a, that's a rivalry game Cincinnati, you know, what is Joe? Is, is Joe football going to come make them a Super Bowl contender in his rookie year? I, I don't think so I don't believe that Cincinnati will be a legitimate contender Cleveland is a wild card I'm I'm believing that Baker Mayfield will have a good third season but I would not be surprised if he did not and and so with all that talent in Cleveland you it's like a weird deal like they give you the creeps because they could be really really good but in reality they're the browns so you got to play them tough but i don't know they're not one of the cool kids in the school right so nobody's paying attention to them so it's really to me only a two team deal anyway so if they can do what they need to do otherwise and kind of stay close uh, almost like what they did this year when he saved the season for them this year uh, they can stay close for long enough they could sneak in and and possibly compete for the afc north Or they could sneak in as a wild card for the playoffs. But I don't see them being like a a bust season where they don't even make the playoffs.
1: It's not that I think they're going to be a. So here's what it is. The Steelers are, are always supposed to win the Super Bowl every year. Right. Like that's even if that's completely unrealistic, that's the expectations of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Did I just it. feel like they have massively underperformed over a, a long period of time. You had Ben Roethlisberger healthy, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Nothing happens. Nothing came of it. It was overall a, a massive disappointment. Now Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell aren't there, obviously. And the, the replacement talent for the two of them is good, but not. it's not Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And and yeah. the Steelers were right there. They were in the playoff conversation late into the season with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. But my thing is, if anything happens to Ben this year, which we don't know, we're back to Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges? Like, make that make sense. We already saw them.
0: Well, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. They haven't been good since they lost Le'Veon Bell. And even though they weren't Super Bowl – well, they were contenders. They just weren't winning it with A.B. and Le'Veon. But Connor is – is a a really fine running back and if he can stay healthy can really really add that extra dimension they missed that this past season they added a kid mcfarland out of maryland who is a stud the kid i've known him since he was at damatha in high school the kid is amazing and i'm sure he will add an extra dimension to their running attack Pittsburgh's running attack is the key to everything. If they get their running game going, um, it tends to make things a little bit easier for Ben. Ben isn't in much as much harm's way with throwing the ball. And and so look for them to really, really uh, try to establish that, re reestablish their running game. Um, we know it's a passing game league these days, but now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's imperative that they really, really establish that they can run the ball. And Juju comes back healthy. He's going to have another opportunity to show that he is the lead dog. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got to be honest. I do agree with you that if if they go to the second string, it could be problematic for their season. Um, but with that being said, if they can get their running attack going, it may be a difference maker for the guys who would, would ultimately come in if something happened to Ben.
1: So I shouldn't sell my stock just yet.
0: Well, I'm speaking more analytical than as a fan. I know we both share being a fan of the team, um, but with my analytical eye, I think they can have a, a good year. I don't, based upon Ben's health and what he has left and what we'll see him show during the course of the season, will dictate if you look at them and say, can they contend and go deep into the playoffs? But Today, I still think that they can be a competitive team from an analytical standpoint. From a fan's perspective, I'm hoping that they can do really well. And, you know, I'm the guy, as a pro player, Joy, used to wear a Jason Gilden helmet during the playoffs because we were never in the playoffs. So I was always home watching the Pittsburgh Steelers play. I used to wear my Jason Gilden helmet (laughs) while watching.
1: Like so I mean that's what I usually do. The Dolphins are a little different this this uh as of late. You know we have some hope now, but I usually just you know watch the Dolphins for the first like six or seven games more intently than the Steelers. They're usually out of it, and then you know I just seamlessly switch back over to the Steelers and watch them and the, you know let's ride that that wave into the playoffs because that's how it works. Right. But right. I, I mean <laughs> I'm always obviously a Steelers fan, but I just I'm I'm getting I'm getting impatient. I think it is is what it is.
0: Well, we we've been spoiled when, during our childhood, and and just so everybody knows, I'm a little older than Joy, uh, maybe a lot older, but anyways, uh, anyway, i I'll be forty two.
1: Okay, I'm thirty
0: three. Yeah, I'm a lot older. You're so a lot so older. A whole lot older. Twenty years so anyway, is a lot older. While you were a toddler and still growing into yourself. We, we were really spoiled with some really, really, really gifted teams. And the crazy thing is, out of all those years of growing up, we never got a Super Bowl. Never got a Super Bowl. But we were always very, very good and very close. I mean, the years with Barry Foster and Tim Worley and Warren Williams at running back, and then, you know, Bubby Brister and guys like Mark Malone and, so it, it's kind of like for us, we've been spoiled, but not like Patriot fans spoiled. Right. And Then we get a little older, we get a little older and we get, you know, those those two Super Bowls, you know, and then, you know, then it comes again. And it's, it's been enough Super Bowls where it's like, man, like the Steelers, it's, they're worth believing in. You know, because it's really it really comes down to if the organization is structured well enough for that that uh, franchise to have those opportunities. And the Steelers have proven that they're one of those organizations.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're one of the best run organizations in the league Um, and still, you know, a championship level organization overall. I just have apprehension this year. But I'm gonna hold on to my stock for a little bit longer. But thanks so much for joining me, LeVar. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm glad you're doing well, glad the family's well.
2: Sounds
0: good, appreciate you having me on.
1: Thanks. All right, Donnie. what's going on high key, low key this week?
3: All right, high key, Dak Prescott is now officially under contract for the 2020 season. Low key, the Cowboys and Dak still haven't worked out a long-term deal though. When will this saga end, Joy? When?
1: It is the contract that will never end. Yes, it goes <laughs> on and on, my friend. Uh,
3: Some people please end it.
1: started reporting it, not knowing what it was, <laughs> and we'll continue covering it forever. Just because this is the contract that will never end. Yes, it goes sir. On and on, my friend. It never ends. And never ends. Um, but this is a good sign because this means he's gonna be able to start doing Zoom meetings and he's not gonna hold out. So we aren't gonna have to cover a holdout, which is yeah, which is good because I I do not enjoy covering holdouts. I understand holdouts and I appreciate the purpose of them, but they're not really that fun to cover. That said, um, I'm totally over the stack I, hey. I do I I fully am on Dak's side as I have always been uh, you know yeah. I'm a big Dak fan, a big Dak supporter. I think he deserves a contract. It's just coming down to the number of years. And when you look at you know, the other guys who were selected higher than him in that draft, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, they got four-year deals. So they're going to end up getting paid, an opportunity to get paid again, and he wants the same. So it's really right. coming down to the number of years. Obviously, the Cowboys want to do a longer contract so they can spread the money out a little bit more. I think Dak's earned it. Like He's won the division twice. He's won right. big games. He's been the absolute, just pinnacle example of what a Dallas Cowboys quarterback sh- should be. He's he's completely reliable and durable. So I, I, again, I think they'll work it out. It's just one of those things where because he is in that space where he doesn't really have that it factor, you know, he doesn't have that Carson Wentz talents and Jared Goff with Sean McVay getting to the Super Bowl, which is understandable, but... At the end of the day, he's he's solid and I, I don't know what what the Cowboys plan is without him. If you look at the division, we don't know what Dwayne Haskins is gonna be, but you know, if Dwayne Haskins ends up being bad and the Washington Redskins end up getting a high draft pick and you know, mess around and get one of these great quarterbacks coming up in the in the next draft, that's gonna be a problem. We don't yeah. know what Daniel Jones is going to be, but he had a decent rookie season. And whereas I think I don't think we should have high expectations of the Giants this year, if he's just exactly what he was last year, like they have their quarterback. You can't ha- expect too much from a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, and a guy in his second year. So if he's right. just what he was last year, they're in a good position. So the- And you have Carson Wentz. So you have to win your division first. Uh, they have a lot of talent still in the Cowboys. You knew you had to pay him. You had an opportunity to move these things around. You decided to pay other people first. Just get it done. We know Dak deserves it. And, you know, for the rest of our sakes. This is
3: yeah. the contract that
1: I <laughs> Please
3: get this done. Please. Get we it want out to talk about something else. <laughs> Shout out to Lamb Talk. All right. High key, Paul Pierce, AKA The Truth, spoke honestly when he said he truly believes the Warriors can win the title in the next three years. Low key, when you really sit and think about it, you know, best players coming back, upcoming lottery pick,
1: cap space, the truth ain't lying. He's got a point. So here's the thing about the Warriors. Low-key, he does have a point. But they're just going to be contenders. The, the years of, oh, we're assuming that the Warriors are going to be in the finals, yeah, are over unless they pull some move where they get Giannis or another free agent like Giannis. And I don't know if they can fit everybody in that space. There's obviously... A lot of different factors. When Kevin Durant came, all those guys were a lot younger, had less injuries, had less wear and tear. So the the situation is very different now than it was when Kevin Durant came. So even if if they get Giannis, obviously, like, okay, we got Giannis, Steph, Clay, Dre, like, okay. like Yeah,
3: you're automatically a contender.
1: We're back in that space. Beyond that. But I don't think they're going to get Giannis. So assuming they don't and they move forward with whatever moves they're going to do, which is, you know, they're going to get a, a draft pick. They're a great run organization. They're very solid. Obviously, we know Steph and Clay are not done with their prime yet.
3: Exactly.
1: But, but the West is different. The West is different. LeBron James yeah. is still playing. We we don't we have no no set date on when LeBron James is going to retire. You have Kawhi Leonard in the West now. It's it's a different space, okay, than we've that operated before. Now Kawhi Leonard's been in the West before, obviously, but with the Clippers, who are the team now that we assume is going to be in the finals. Right. So the West is a different situation and I don't think it's ever going to be a space where we're like, oh, well, the Warriors are in the West. Those days are done. So as far as the dynasty, that's over. Them being contenders, sure, they're going to be back contenders again next year once they get everything together and get everyone healthy. We didn't think that it was it was over in that regard, but it's just a little different now. And that assumption is gone.
3: Yeah, people just love to see things that we've built up fall down, and I think that that's that's what this is too. That people have like are excited about the idea of that dynasty being over. And Paul Pierce is just saying it might it might not be over over. Like they they'll still be in the conversation. They'll be in the conversation. Right. All right. High key quarterback Josh Allen recently indicated he's not going to be captain checkdown in twenty twenty. He wants to be more of a lieutenant, let it fly, or an admiral air attack low-key for the Bills to top the AFC East is going to take some balance
1: though that was very well written Donnie oh thank you uh it isn't take some balance which is what Sean McDermott said but the strange thing about Josh Allen saying this so Josh Allen you know he has a he has a big arm he's got All a right, big arm Rocket. he's got a cannon according to pro football focus he utilized the check down pass the least out of any quarterback in the last two years so he's definitely not captain check down and for that matter I don't really think wrong with being captain check down like move the ball down the field it doesn't always have to be a big play so uh, more importantly i think that's what sean mcdermott's talking about balance offense out keep the defense honest but to me this is a bigger bigger overall statement change by josh allen and the bills for this year because the acd is just different Tom Brady yeah. is gone. I don't care about Jared Stidham and the Patriots this year. I'm not buying into any of that. Okay, just have your fun, whatever. I think they're going right, to be speaking terrible. Speaking of dynasties falling, yeah, that's gone. That's over with. So I'm I'm not even paying attention to them. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I I'm not going to be wrong. So I'm not even paying attention to them. So this is your AFC East to run, right? This is the year yeah. you have to step up. You're the team coming back that was in the fi- in the uh, playoffs last year. We don't want to talk about that meltdown in the second half, but you were in the playoffs last year, right? Tom Brady is gone. Sam Darnold, we know it's the Jets are. They're a disaster, but the Jets are going to be a little bit better this, this year. They are coming because he's not going to be sick with the kissing disease. He's coming, he's coming back with the same head coach. So we yep. know the Jets are. And the Dolphins have a new quarterback like right whatever Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be we're assuming he's not going to start for the entire year so this is your AFC East to run there's no more excuses I don't want to hear anything else about you know we don't Josh Allen's still developing no 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 this is step up time like you now have expectations it's the Bills AFC East so mm-hmm. captain Checkdown or what is it lieutenant let it fly <laughs> lieutenant let it fly admiral air attack was the third one <laughs> admiral air attack <laughs> I think I like Lieutenant Let It Fly, but whatever it is, uh, it needs to be, uh, what's, what's, what's a, what's a leader term for, with B?
3: Now you put me on the spot. Um, Hmm. I gotta brainstorm that one. Boss balance. Boss balance. Okay. That's, you submitted something. I did. Okay. That's better than nothing.
1: You need to be boss balance.
3: Boss balance. (laughs)
1: This year in the AFC East Bills.
3: All right. Uh, High key, jet safety Jamal Adams is already saying his goodbyes to teammates via Twitter. Low key, which team's helmet do you see Adams wearing in 2020? And will it have a blue star on the side?
1: So, Fox, will it have blue star? No. Because they're going to have to make a trade. Whatever happens with him is going to be a trade. And yep. I don't think the Cowboys are going to give up that much. And they don't, they don't really need to, right? Like, would it be awesome? Yes, it would be awesome.
3: They've got to figure out Dak's situation first. Yeah, so
1: whatever team ends up getting him, it's going to be a trade. And that's going to be a team that has those pieces to trade. My th- and then has the ability to pay him, obviously, because that's the whole point of this is that he needs – he's also up to get paid. So they have right. to have all that space and ability to move to get him. My bigger question is, like, what, do you, what are the Jets doing? Like isn't this what you want? You want to draft someone and then develop them and they become great and then you pay them? Yeah. Isn't that
3: the plan? That's point? the plan. Yes, that's that's the that's the plan. That should always be the plan.
1: So how did the, how did we get here? What 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 am I missing? Like what what benefit do draft picks give you? You have your your quarterback on a rookie deal. He's a leader yep. on the team. He's great, probably the best in the league. It's his turn to get paid. Pay him. Who are you paying? What is the point? Le'Veon Bell's probably not gonna be there next year. I don't even understand it. Like, how do you allow it to get this bad? It's it's just like every time I think that the Jets are starting to get it together, they're like, up, oh, no, 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 just you wait. <laughs> we have got more for you. So yeah, I'm I'm what I fully support him asking for a trade. He needs to go somewhere where he can do some winning and not deal with the stress, and he deserves to get paid. He's the best in the league. And it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You draft players to then be good, right? Yeah. What am
3: I missing? All right. High key, James Dolan and the Knicks are searching for a new head coach again. Low key, could candidates Mike Brown or Jason Kidd or any of the many coaches up for the job do a thing that's never been done, which
0: is? Fix the, Fix the Can you hear this? No.
1: Can't hear it. I thought you were okay. freezing. What happened?
3: I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in later. I was playing something from Premiere. I was playing a, a song from James Dolan where he's singing, fix the Knicks, oh, oh. fix the Knicks.
1: I'll just put it You'll in. You'll put it in, put it in after? OK. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, 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 none of them have a shot. Doesn't matter who goes there. I, I would like to see them go in a different direction. But it just doesn't matter who goes there. I mean, yeah, yeah. Mike Brown could be a good option. Jason Kidd could be a good option. There's a feeling out there that he has a, has a good relationship with Giannis. Giannis has, you know, spoken very highly of him that, you know, maybe he could recruit him to the Knicks in free agency, which I don't think there's any chance of that happening <laughs> whatsoever. But the point with the Knicks is this. Like, I always fall for it when it comes to Knicks news. I get very excited. I'm like, yes, yeah, the Knicks are finally making a good decision. Like, I love the Fizdale move. I love Coach Fizdale. Like, great. <sighs> And here we are again. I'm mess it up. It just doesn't. Yeah. The, the Knicks always find a way to mess it up. They have a young team, so they really need somebody who can come in and establish a culture. But it just doesn't matter. Even if they do find somebody that can do that, because at the end of the day, James Dolan is going to find a way to ruin it, like he always does. It's it's one of the worst run organizations in the history of sports when you really look at the grand scale of what they what they the potential that they have to be, the expectations that are on them, and yeah. the pieces that have come through there. It just doesn't make any sense to me why I even bother with the Knicks anymore. It's just. You know, I just can't quit them because I know that what the NBA can be if the Knicks are great and it's just so frustrating yeah. to me. I'm like it's like that that relative that you have it's like you has so much talent and potential but like they can't they just can't Wasting. get out of their own way. It can't get right. Knicks can't get right. And I and it's Ugh. and there's nothing that you can do about it because it's ownership and you just you can't change the owner.
3: In the meantime, we got JD in the straight shots to entertain us. So, there's that.
1: Knicks, the Knicks the stress of daily life weighs on us all whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing that's why i use theragun the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth speed and power and now as quiet as an electric toothbrush that's because the all-new gen 4 theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet you will wonder if it is on while you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, in the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash joy right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash joy, theragun.com slash joy. What's up, T? What's in the Culture Report this week?
2: Hey, Joy. So the trailer dropped for one of the most successful musicals of the decade, Hamilton. And it's exclusively available on Disney Plus on July 3rd. So mark the date. I know I have. Um, You know, Joy, you know I've never seen Hamilton. um, So I was really excited to watch this Broadway show. And I'm still excited. Um, But the trailer has me a little bit more hyped now. So did the trailer increase any anticipation for you?
1: Yes. I am very excited for Hamilton. I've seen it twice and I'm excited for everyone to get to experience it. So I'm really glad that they're releasing this. And I mean, I assume that they had obviously made this in the first place to have it be released, but it's just such an inspiring, amazing musical and event so I can't wait. for it. And also, I am a big musical fan anyway, so I'm really excited for everyone to understand the soundtrack <laughs> as well, because it's <laughs> bomb. Like, it's really good. So, yes, it did get me hype, one, because I know it's closer to being released and I can't wait for it. But also, I like how they shot it. Like, it seems like they didn't just shoot it kind of straight on. So you're going to really get mm-hmm. to, like, experience the, the energy of it. And yeah. I'm really, really excited. And I have been waiting. So remember, we did like a couple weeks back in quarantine, uh, our like top five, or maybe we did top three, I can't remember. I think it was top five, like Disney workout songs. Yes, so I remember. I have compiled my top five musical, musical and television musical for all the like theater nerds. It's, it, it's musical and television musical songs. So I have my top 10, I I'm very. I feel very strongly about it. I'm gonna to put together another video to run down my top 10. Are you a big musical fan? I am,
2: I am a big musical fan.
1: Okay. But I, I still need to put together a list too. No, you should put together a list too. We'll share it, it'll be much debated amongst the uh, theater and musical nerds, which I am. Yeah. But I'm very much looking forward to this. I can't wait for everyone to see it. Oh, yay. Okay, so next,
2: the ESPYS this year was virtual, um, and a lot of people made an appearance in the comfort of their homes. Russell Wilson and C are the cutest. Uh, it was super cute with them in their robes. Um, but a special moment for me was uh, Snoop Dogg's uh, tribute to Kobe. Uh, it was just so beautiful. I mean, this year I feel like it hasn't been right since Kobe passed away, and it, I feel like it hurts as much now as it did when I found out that he passed away with his daughter and you know seven others. Um, I think that the tribute showed you know his life as a basketball player and a Um, And I think it highlighted these stunning murals that were created in his memory, which are all over. And they're they're so beautiful. But it reminded us
1: to, like, how much of a legend he is. So how much did you love the tribute? I thought it was great. I thought it was perfect that Snoop did it. It really, uh, anytime that I see things like that, especially in Los Angeles, you know, that we live in Los Angeles. I'm not from Los Angeles, and neither are you. So it kind of, you know, it makes me fall in love with the city more. Kobe was so important to Los Angeles, Snoop is so important to Los Angeles. So I thought it was perfect, it was well done. You know, we're all healing from a lot and dealing with a lot and it was a, it was a nice moment to just like reflect and enjoy, you know, the artistry that, you know, Snoop provides. I thought the ESPYs, you know, the ESPYs are something that I watch every year and I do enjoy. It's It wasn't the same, mm-hmm. obviously, like some things are going virtual and it works. And I just, I don't know how the, the award shows are going to be because there's like something to the crowd and the reaction and you know the yeah. looks and everything I do agree Sierra and Russell were really cute but um <laughs> but yeah I thought the tribute the tribute was really great I loved it
2: yeah and you're, you're right about about being there's something there's something amazing about being there live and seeing the live performances and being in that moment And I love live music so yeah I'm all for that yeah all right so uh, next, uh, Jamie Foxx will play Mike Tyson in a biopic. Now, this has been talked for for years now. Uh, I saw him actually recently nail uh, a Mike Tyson impersonation. I mean, well, he had that list going everything. And then I saw pictures of him showing how much he uh, how much weight he gained for the role. Um, so there's no doubt in my mind that he that like he will nail it because I mean, Jamie Foxx is just super talented. I mean, he was the perfect person to play Ray Charles. And I think he'll be the perfect person to play uh, Mike Tyson.
1: Uh, Joy, do you agree? I do. He's he's unbelievable with his character transformations. Ray was amazing and his I mean his impressions are good, but when he really gets into the character, he is just like one of the best all time. Ray was like yeah. he was he was Ray Charles and he's going to do an amazing job mm-hmm. as Mike Tyson. I'm really excited for this. Mike Tyson is one of those uh, sports figures that's very controversial, very polarizing, very entertaining. Um, He has a really incredible story. He did a one-man show kind of telling his story uh, in theater, a theater one-man show at that. Um, which I saw, and it, it's it's really um, if you didn't get to experience Mike Tyson, it's a good reminder of just how powerful being a boxer can be and the influence that boxing has, not only on the sports culture but just culture in general. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the final product. and I think jamie fox is the pers- perfect person to do it. he's gonna do an amazing job. Absolutely. Okay, so uh,
2: last but not least, uh, Beyoncé dropped a new song called Black Parade in honor of Juneteenth. Um, The song is so moving, and it makes me proud to be black. Um, She stays dropping songs and albums with no warning. And, you know, I love surprises, so I'm here for it. I was definitely surprised when I heard that. Um, By the way, I heard it um, in uh, DJ D-Nice and his live. (laughs) That's why I heard it. Um, But on title, you know, you get to... We have a couple options. You can listen to the song in the regular version or you can listen a acapella. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then in her bio on Instagram, she has a, a Black Business Directory where fans can like visit and support you know these uh, different businesses. And then the song Black Parade will support her charity's Black Business uh, Impact Fund. So I love like what she's doing, how she's how she's using her platform. I'm I'm obsessed with Beyonce. We've, we've talked about this plenty of times. I know you love her just as much. Um, how much do you love
1: the song? The song is great, and Beyonce is. Just, you know, she's, she's Beyonce. She's a, she's a diva. She's an all time talent, but she's also always on time. She is always on it and is using her platform and to the best of her capability, no matter what is going on, which really should make you appreciate Beyonce even more because she does have that power and influence that is undeniable. So I love the song and I love everything that Beyonce is doing. She's the queen and we're we're so blessed to have her. We love you, Beyonce. We We love you Beyonce. (laughs) We do though we do. She's amazing. Thanks for joining us this week in the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Maybe I'm Crazy podcast and follow us on all our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy pod. You can listen to the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, iHeartMedia app, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple podcasts. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next week.
3: Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not.